Hello. There we go. It's chilling. Hey, Ruben. Wherever you are, there you are. Never worn this before. I feel like I'm working on a spaceship or something. It's really noticeable on my face. How are you all? Love the enthusiasm. Um, can we please turn to Ephesians 2.10? Very quoted piece of scripture. I'm sure most of us know it. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, we as Christians, we, you know, we're always on a journey with God. And, you know, we spend a lot of our time learning about God. We spend a lot of time reading the Word or praying we have fellowship. We worship God just as we did. You know, We want to do all sorts of things to grow in God. We want to learn about God. We want to live a good Christian life. But I think something that many people, okay, I'll say at least some, fail without really realizing it is to do good works inside Christ. We were called to do more than learn. And uh, when we do good works in Christ, we do it in his name, we do it with his influence, we do it with his love and his power. Okay? So we end up doing things the way he would do them or we end up doing things that he would do okay so what better place to start than looking at the life of christ you know when he walked on this earth in his own body what kinds of things did he do he he walked around he preached the gospel he discipled people he taught in the synagogues he taught out on the streets, he prayed for people, he healed the sick, he cast out demons. He got very in some people's faces. You know. But everything he did was for the benefit of other people. Because he loved people and he wanted to glorify God. So, you know, how was he able to do it? Well, he was Jesus, you know, he was the God man. He understood who he was in Christ because he was Christ. <laughs> he understood his relationship in the Trinity. He understood his authority. He didn't have to question who he was. If someone walked up and said, who are you? He'd have an answer for him straight away and he'd know it with everything he was. And he relied on the Holy Spirit to tell him what the Father was asking him to do. Okay, He had a perfect relationship. So... You know, bless you. That right there, I guess, is number one 
for ourselves. If we want to do some good things for other people, if we want to reach out and bless other people, if we want to touch people's hearts or change their lives, then first things first, we need to know that we're saved in Christ. We need to know who we are in Christ. We need to understand our identity and the kind of authority we have. And we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to tell us what the Father is asking us to do or teaching us. Okay? Something I want to focus on tonight concerning good works is preaching the gospel. You know, we do lots of good things, but tonight I want to talk specifically about the gospel because I believe it's something that every Christian should do to some degree. Um, There was... Someone who said something really important, I can't remember who said it, but uh, they said, it is the duty of every Christian to preach the gospel at least to some degree. And if they have stopped, they'd better be dead. So, if I spend all my time learning about God but not speaking to people about him, it's going to get very difficult. Hello. Can we turn to James chapter 1? We're going to be moving around in the Bible a bit tonight. I love scripture. It's good stuff. James 1 verses 22 to 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what, forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So right there, it talks about, once you've heard something, once someone says something to you that's really important that you should take on board, the onus then becomes on ourselves to respond to that. We can't just listen to it and go, that's awesome, and then... Keep doing whatever you're doing. We then have a responsibility to change something about ourselves, be it our behavior or something that's going on in here. Okay? If we don't do that, if we listen and don't do the stuff, then the only place it stays is up in here. It doesn't touch us here. It's actually really counterproductive to our Christian journey. When we hear something really important that can change us, when we do it, that's when it, 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 it's like it just retains in us to a whole new level and it becomes our personal property. But if we know it up here and we don't do it, it stagnates us and it causes us to become idle just naturally. It sows a behavior of doing nothing That's not the kind of life that God called us to. He didn't call us to learn about him and do nothing with it. Everything that we get from God, we need to share it. Obviously, sometimes you need wisdom in that. Sometimes things just are for you, but they're very personal things. What's the biggest reason we don't preach the gospel? Any ideas? Who said it? Daniel? Rodney. What was it? 
Fear. Fear is the biggest reason we don't preach the gospel. It's so scary. <laughs> it's not. You know, all kinds of questions pop into your head. You, you know, you think, oh, I really want to talk about Jesus to that person. But no, no, I, I don't know what to say. What if I say the wrong thing? How do I start it off? What if they get offended? I don't know what to do. You know, all, all kinds of questions come into the fold. Lots of things can stop you. One little thing can stop you and you just go, oh, maybe it's not that important. Or, oh, maybe God's not really speaking to me. This is just me. Nah, this isn't the right time. Something like that. That happens a lot. Can you please turn with me again to 1 John 4, 18? Hopefully some of you know this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. You know, it also says there in verse 17 that God is love. God is the source of love. If I, if I like to spend time with God, the source of love, what do you think is going to happen? He's going he's to consume me. I'm going to conform to his likeness. I'm going to be filled with that same love. So when I spend time with God, I'm not really going to fear what other people think or say. Because if I'm really controlled by love, then it's no longer about me, is it? It's about them. Whether or not they're going to react in a bad way is actually none of my business. I shouldn't care about it. I need to get over myself. You know, um, I would... I would rather have a holy fear for God than a sinful fear of man. There's a complete difference between the two. We know that a fear for God is reverent. It's humble. It's submissive. But a fear of man is I'm terrified of Steve because he looks like a lumberjack. Let's turn again to Isaiah 51. One of my favorite pieces of scripture, 12 to 16. I, even I, am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mortal men, the sons of men who are but grass, that you forget the Lord your maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, that you live in constant terror every day because of the wrath of the oppressor who is bent on destruction. For where is the wrath of the oppressor? The cowering prisoners shall soon be set free. They will not die in their dungeon, nor will they lack bread. For I am the Lord your God who churns up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord Almighty is his name. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand. That last bit there especially should cause us to not worry about what someone else is going to say or how their reaction is going to be. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say or how touching I am or how smooth I am or how Dr. Phil I am. I'm not going to change a person's heart. A person's words can never change a heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Only he has the right to do that. And, you know, you may think, I don't know what to say. 
just say something because God will use your obedience. It is His words. It is His Holy Spirit that does the job. Most often, you won't see results. You'll see a blank look on their face. Mm. Mm. But you don't know what's happening in that person's heart. Sometimes I've walked away after preaching the gospel or sharing with them something and I've gone, oh, that was a waste of time. Uh, I I remember one time in particular I was talking to this dude called James in Wagga and he was a a wrestler. (laughs) He was a nice guy. But he always had this real tough demeanor about him and he always looked so serious. And he just came in one day and, and we started chatting. And then... And all he does is this. Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah. Mm. Mm. And I just kept talking. I'm like, this isn't going anywhere. And then, you know, after five or ten minutes or something, I can't really remember, I stopped talking and we chatted about other things. And then the next day he came up to me and said, I was able to forgive people in my family because of what you told me and you've changed my life. Oh. Oh. You know, I didn't see the reaction the day before. I saw cold eyes ready to tombstone me. But I mean, he he didn't give his life to Jesus. But there was some significant change in his life. You know? Results aren't about you. That's God's job. Okay? So, what does, what does preaching the gospel look like? Hello, I'm Jamie. What's your name? You know, that's how it can start off. Um, you, you could be having a conversation with someone. Maybe you already know them, maybe you don't. But it could just be a simple remark that you make. Something, something very simple. And then they go, oh, let's, let's go there. Let's talk about that. You know? It can just be really simple things like that. It's not... I've never met anybody successful who can walk up to someone and grab their scruff and go, you're going to hell! I've never seen fruit of that ministry. I've I've never seen it work. The only person I've seen come close is Greg Boyd, but he didn't do it with anger. (laughs) You know, you could offer to pray for someone. Hey, I really really feel like I I I should pray to Jesus for you. Is there anything in particular you want me to pray for? You could, you know best way to do it, what I enjoy doing is in the morning or sometime during the day, I'll say, Lord, show me something. Create an opportunity. Open a door. I want to talk to someone about Jesus even if I have to shake them. Give me something. And sometimes God will, I don't know, He might give you a word of knowledge or, or a little prophecy for someone. He might even do something like that. He does it sometimes. A couple of weeks ago, I was at McDonald's because I eat healthy all the time and I was getting a salad. 
<laughs> and the what is it? I was I was in drive through and the the speaker thing. What's that called? I'll just say speaker. You know, I wind down my window because I don't have power windows. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. How may I take your order? Hello, I'm Jamie. Hi, Jamie. How <laughs> may I take your order? Um, may I please have a 10-pack of nuggets and a salad? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I ordered much worse things, but I did order the nuggets. And as I was driving to the window, after I made my order, God just gave me a word to tell her. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll do it. And then I came up to the window. And I recognized the person, but I didn't know their name. But they knew my name and they said, hey, Jamie, how are you? I was like, I'm good. How are you? And she goes, I'm great. When's youth group on next? I'm like, oh, that's how I know her. But it's on on Friday. Be there. And then I gave her the money and I drove off and I was like, no, I can't believe I did that. You know, I missed my opportunity. But then I went up to the next window and I said, what's her name? And they told me, and I still can't remember her name. I can't even remember her name. I'm great like that. And, and I said, look, this might sound really weird, but when I was going down the driveway, God told me to say this to her. Can you please give her that message? And she goes, yes, I think she needs to hear that because her life sucks right now. Thank you. <laughs> and I drove off and had my salad. But, you know, sometimes, I, I, I must admit, I still get afraid sometimes. I, I'm, I'm not super duper. I, I, I seize up sometimes, and I don't know what to say. But I've noticed, once I start, you know, once I, I, I break that fear, and I just start chatting with them, I might say something really crazy. Do you have a God journey? You know? It's amazing once you've broken that ice, the kind of reaction they take. And they go, oh, yeah, I do actually. And, and they might, you know, once you've broken that ice, the fear just dissipates. It's gone. It's just that first step, that first hurdle you've got to get over. It's like doing an assignment. Getting to it is the hardest part. Once you've started, you gun it. That's, you know... I still fail sometimes and I, I still walk away from people thinking, no, I need, to turn I need to turn around right now, but I don't, you know? But, you know, sometimes I am able to break that fear. It's, it's something we've got to keep on top on. But it's actually not scary. It, it's scary to me when I'm just before it, but once I start it, I realize there's nothing to worry about. Preaching the gospel, uh, evangelism is, is a lot less scary than what we make it out to be. People talk about it like it's some big thing. It's, it, it's important, but it's not a big thing. And the longer we go in our Christian walk without preaching the gospel, the harder it gets. We think we've got to come to a place and then we can start doing it. Once we've finished Bible college or once we've spent time with all the most awesome pastors or, you know, once we're a 10-year-old Christian or something, then we can start doing it. No, we don't. We don't need to know much. 
We just need to know who we are in Christ. And we just need to know that we love people and that Jesus saves everybody. That's all we need to know. Let, let God do the rest. Just start a conversation and see where it goes. Yeah, but, I mean, you learn as you go along as well. You might start off really shaky. The first time, I mean, I, I used to talk about Jesus a lot to my friends when I was growing up. But there's a lot of things I definitely would not do now. One of them is I would not have ludicrous amounts of alcohol in my system while I'm talking about Jesus. I would not do that now. That's a bad thing. But I remember after I moved away and the first time I really preached the gospel to someone, I, I didn't know them. I was, I was pretty afraid. I knew I had to do it, but because if I didn't, I knew he was going to go and kill his dad soon enough. And I thought, well, that's an issue. I can't have that. And that was really the first time I did it to a stranger. And I spoke more about church than I did about Jesus. Going back, I would change some tactics. But hey, the Holy Spirit still moved in his life. And I never saw him again. But I would put my money on his dad still being alive right now. And I would put my money on him knowing God, at least in some way now, rather than where his mindset was before I spoke to him. I didn't change him. The Holy Spirit did. I didn't know what I was doing. But God did all the hard yards. But over the years as I've, you know, talked to different people and things like that, God slowly begins to refine you in it. And you get better at it and you reflect on it and you think, okay, how would I do that differently in future? And eventually you start to get really cluey in conversation and, and I guess the Holy Spirit just allows you to know where to take it and what to talk about and where to stop. A lot of people think that evangelism is all about just getting salvations, notches on your belt. No, it's, it's not. It's about loving people in a Christ-centered manner. you still got to preach the gospel, you know, but it's not just all about getting salvations. Okay, this, this, and this, and do you want to give your life to Jesus? Sometimes it's good to wait. Sometimes it's good to open all the doors but not walk through them. You know? You don't need to do all the distance in one go. Sometimes it takes time. Relationships, friendships are a, a great example. People that you work on. Are we just hanging out with people who don't know Jesus because we like hanging out with them and doing the things that they do? Or do we have a purpose in this relationship? Do, do we want to lead them to Jesus? You might be the only gate of heaven that they ever get. There, there's a reason God put you in their lives. Your family members. All sorts of people. Someone you might run into and never see again, like, like that kid that I just spoke about. Once you get over the first hurdle, it's like the rest is history. You just go for it. Can I get you guys to come up and play? Thanks. Can I get an amen? 
you know, sharing Jesus should be a normal part of our daily walk with Christ. You know, Jesus said in John 4.34, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. It's not enough for me to sit under a sermon. It's not enough for you to listen to this sermon. It's, that's not where it's at. I mean, these are all good things. Fellowship is, you know, we need it. We need to worship. You know, we need to read the word. We need to pray and spend time with God and glean from him and rest on him. I'm not nullifying any of that. But if we don't use all of that, we just become this big bubble bursting at the seams, but we never break. We need to do the stuff. That's where, you know, that's where fruit comes into play. That's where things begin to take place. That's where things begin to happen. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. You know, when Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, you know, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, you know, and surely I'm with you always to the very ends of the age. To me, that sounds like a really big do statement. You know, I'm not just called to be a disciple without making them. Otherwise, well, I'm, I'm wasting my time. I may as well leave. You know, that's, that's not real Christian living. Real Christian living seeks to multiply. We should be looking for it in everything we do. Now, I understand everyone has different things that they... People have different ways that they express God's love, you know? And that's, that's all part of being the body of Christ. We're all different. We need to do all those things. But we shouldn't neglect bringing people into the kingdom. We've all been called to be ambassadors of Christ. And do you know when you, you do the stuff where that food takes place, When you go and outwork what you've learned, that's when you really become Christ-like. You know, going back to Ephesians 2.10, you know, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared in advance for us to do. When we do things in Christ, we say no to our own selfish desires and our own fears and we say yes to Jesus. And it's like he just, yeah, he doesn't, relinquish control from our bodies but we just become consumed by this perspective that we love people because God loves through us and when you become most Christ-like that is when you become most yourself the more I become Christ-like the more I become the unique Jamie that God called me to be and you know, listen to the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I mean, th th that's okay. You're still saved in Christ if you've accepted Christ. 
but it becomes a lot easier to know God and to understand God and it becomes a lot easier to respond to people in any given circumstance because it's, I don't know, it just seems like you can hear his voice more clearly. I've, I've found it makes a big difference. Um, if you haven't given your heart to Christ or if you haven't been baptized in the spirit you know then then I would I would ask you please you know come to the front and we'd love to pray for you but not just that people you know what Ben shared earlier there's people here who feel hollow you know if if you've you've been walking this Christian life and and you've just I don't know it's like you've hit something and, and you've begun to feel stagnant or or you're missing something you feel like you want more but you don't know how to get it or you feel exhausted or depressed or something like that and you just don't want to keep going that's not where God's called you to end up he's called you to be victorious he's called you to be more than a conqueror he's called you to win at everything you put your mind to because you do it in Christ and Christ doesn't lose so if any of those are you, if you need encouragement, if you need a word or, or something, if you're missing something, then please come out the front right now. And if, if you're a leader or a, or a pastor or, or, you know, or if you feel like, you know, if God says, hey, I want you to pray for that person, then please come out the front and, and pray for people. So please, every, can everyone just uh, stand up? And if you need to come out the front for any of those reasons, please come out the front, okay? Please get some leaders or some elders or anyone who feels like they need to pray for anybody. Can I please get you to come out the front as well? And let's just lift people up to God and spend some time in prayer, all right?